0: someone out there, that one person in the 250 people in the room found inspiration through your story and you helped that one person, that can give you confidence. That's a great first step. Go in, managing your expectations. I need to reach one person per episode. That makes a difference. And it goes right behind my mantra and my mission in life, Ed, which is to make the world a better place one microphone at a time.
1: It's day 16 of the Napod Pomo Challenge, and boy, it sure can be a challenge, can't it? Podcasting is wonderful, and I love to speak with podcasters. I have an upcoming episode with a rock star in podcasting, Eric Cabral. He is the founder of PodMax. Also, on-air brands, awesome shows. What Eric does with his team is wonderful. Eric is going to be on the Dead America podcast December 22nd, our Christmas episode. This is really going to be a present to you all. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you can listen to this great episode in its entirety on December 22nd. But for now, here's a glimpse into this great conversation that I had with Eric Cabral. I hope you're ready for today's episode of Dead America doing NAPOPO. Let's get into this. Today, we have an awesome guest for you, Eric Cabral. He is the founder of On Air Brands and PodMax. He is the host of the Entrepreneur's Circle podcast, and Eric holds a BFA from the School of Visual Arts in New York City. So Eric, could you please introduce yourself and let people know just a little bit about you, please?
0: Yeah, Ed, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. I uh, came from the grind, as we like to call it here in America, uh, the corporate grind, to be exact, 20 plus years of doing what I was told uh, to build wealth uh, for massive Fortune 500 companies and the owners and partners and the corporations and shareholders, Um, being a cog in the machine, which was perfectly fine. Um that is what I set out to do. I came from a generation of um uh, first generation Filipino, so my parents understood get a get a get a good education college degree and and follow the path that everyone has done as we have and uh you'll get a good job and you'll collect that gold watch <laughs> at the end <laughs> of your turn um so i was i i bled corporate blue or red or whatever the corporate colors were. Um stayed with jobs, I was very very, very loyal uh you know for seven years, like eight years no i 'm sorry, nine years is the longest job I held, and then everything after that was anywhere between two at minimum to four or five, six years so um, it was great, honestly ed I learned a ton, um but then I also learned bad habits. Um, they say that the two most addicting things in the world is heroin and a weekly salary um and i needed to break from that i needed to break from from the the norm and i knew there was something bigger and better and i just was looking for answers and it came to me when i was laid off for the second time which i always say truly blessed only twice in a 20 plus year career and then um i discovered real estate investing was a place that could potentially be an avenue for me uh, to do something new and exciting, and which is strange because, as you mentioned earlier in my intro, and thank you for that, that I uh, came from school of visual arts. You know, I had a graphic design, uh, you know, degree, and that's what I did, and I did it really well. You know, I had way over Malcolm Gladwell's ten thousand hours to become an expert. I probably had 50, 68, I don't know how many hours uh, in, in you know honing that craft. Um, but I was also building businesses within corporations. That's where I really cut my teeth and started to realize, why do I keep doing this really well for others? And I don't try to do this for me. And that's where it all started, honestly. Um, really, really, really inspired, you know, by an aha moment was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki's book uh, that, that exposed me to a bigger mindset in terms of like, get out of the rat race. And build wealth for yourself. And that's where we are today.
1: Well, it's a remarkable journey. You know, life takes us on those journeys and the bounces, ups and downs, you just never know. So, congratulations on being an entrepreneur. It's not easy, that's for sure. So, building a brand, what does it take to get to a successful level with a brand?
0: Well, Ed, uh, to, be, to be quite frank, success is, is relative, right? It all depends on who the individual is, what their goals are. Success could be, you know, freedom of time, you know, uh, being a wonderful father or husband could be, you know, success for someone. Uh, my definition of success can be drastically different from yours. Uh, but for the most part, people think of success as a monetary sort of uh, value. Right, uh, success means you know that that's the report card you know I'm, I'm I'm making x amount of money per year, I have x amount of money in the bank, therefore, I am a success. but Ed, honestly, I know a lot of people with a lot of money who aren't happy that's right so to me <laughs> to me, success is happiness. If I am happy and excited every morning when I wake up to be around the people that I love. And to see my growing daughters happy for the most part, you know, every day is different, you know, for the most part, a week or a year, you know, they're generally happy. My wife is generally happy. That's success to me. And I feel that every day since I left corporate America, but here's the thing. It's not every day. And and people have expectations that, i'm going to achieve success and happiness can be one of those uh one of those barometers for me understand and know and and, and manage the expectation that there's good and
1: bad days that's life that's right uh that we all find that out eventually and yeah. all happy people know you can't be happy all of the time and that's wise to understand so there was a time when Eric wasn't this big Podmax executive, and you actually had dreadlocks at one time. <laughs> so, I had yeah. long hair, definitely. Uh, dreadlocks? <laughs> that's funny. I, I should have done the
0: dreadlock thing. That would have been fun. Um, oh, I always hear to, to, to get rid of your dreadlock, you have to shave your head. So I did do that at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk about that young Eric, ah. and. Tell us what drove the passion to get where you are.
0: Um, the, 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 that period of time that you're referring to, I, I was a teenager. Uh, I had hair down to my chest and my back, and um, <laughs> many forms of long hair. You know, one of, uh, of which, you know, I think it started as a mullet. Um, yeah, I was. I was. I was a typical, you know, bad boy teenager. You know, doing and things that. Uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds shouldn't be doing, you know, like drugs and alcohol, hanging with the wrong crowd. Um, thank goodness for my father, who finally put an end to all that by, you know, seeing me get into trouble week after week or month. I'll never forget it. He, was, oh, he came into my room, right? And he was, he was yelling at me, and he started ripping all my heavy metal posters off the wall. And then, And then he pulled me by the ear and said, get in the car, and he made me get a haircut. Um, of which I understood something was happening that I needed and I needed to wake up and I needed to change the people around me and I needed to, to find what my passion was which was art I didn't know until he pointed it out you know he's like you there's drawings all over your room you know granted there were models you know I was a horny teenager so, you know, I'm drawing Cindy Crawford <laughs> and uh, Stephanie Seymour and their life size in my room but you know, there was a skill there that I had developed and uh, it led me to graphic design eventually. And and, and thankfully, my father uh, you know, gave me an ultimatum. It's like either you do this, go to art school or you go to military.
1: <laughs>
0: so, yeah, it was good. And I needed it. I needed to wake up.
1: Well, that's great that you've got good parents that cared enough to yank you out of that and kind of put you in a direction you needed to go. So we all need great parents like that. Uh, talk to us about the power of podcasting. What what makes podcasting so powerful?
0: Yeah, and you and I were talking a little bit about this before the mics were were on. Uh, podcasting is such a wonderful medium for many many different reasons, and and I will. Uh, you know, speak from my experience and hopefully anyone um, who is experiencing it themselves or or want to, you know, this could inspire, uh, but it won't be necessarily exactly. But um, I can offer a little bit of guidance based off what I've learned uh, that podcasting is not traditional radio. So a lot of people think of it as. I'm going to get on the radio. Right, podcast and I'm going to get sponsorship ads, and I'm gonna make money doing this, and the (laughs) podcast is going to be my business, okay? And that's fine, that is perfectly fine, but it is traditional mindset in terms of how radio worked, okay? For me, podcasting is completely different. For me, it's an opportunity, to have a conversation with someone I normally would not have access to or a reason to have a conversation, hence you and I talking. If it wasn't for your podcast, when and where would we meet and why would we be talking? So originally, I started my own podcast strictly for introductions and the reason to ask someone to have a conversation with me. Prior to podcasting, it was like, hey, you want to have a cup of coffee? Uh, you wanna have a meeting you know can we can i can i can I just pick your brain for a few minutes? but that didn't seem like a genuine approach uh when i when I was introduced to podcasting and what it could do, I didn't know exactly what was happening until it was happening, and what that was was access to people getting information that I needed personally, which was being recorded, and now I'm able to share the information and knowledge that I am extracting for selfish reasons (laughs) to build business and to and relationships and now sharing it with with the world and the people appreciated it and started to follow and started to, you know, commend me and ask me for more. And and it started to build a community um, if done right. And over time on a consistent basis. So that's really, really the strength for me in podcasting. Yes, there's other ways that we're making money through podcasting, not directly through sponsorship or ads, but indirectly you can make money by approaching a podcast in a different way in terms of bolting it onto your business and using it as a marketing tool and an arm for your business.
1: Yes there's a lot of power in podcasting and a lot of people get stuck on that sponsorship instead of concentrating on the content and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to provide great, meaningful content. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we concentrate on that first, you know, the sponsorships might or might not come, you know, that depends on a lot of factors. So. Finding the confidence, to step up to the microphone and pour it all out. That's not easy to do. Do you have some tips for people that could help them find confidence and get out of that uh, imposter syndrome?
0: Yeah, uh, I think, Ed, that, well, there's a lot of work there if, if you have to um identify and 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 find there's work outside of the podcast uh that people may need to do um, you know in terms of finding some sort of self-awareness and confidence through uh you know celebrating their wins you know um recognizing they have value um that just because there's over a million podcasts out there doesn't mean there's no room for you it just means that no one's telling your story and that the only person that can tell your story is you. Now, what is your story? That's the thing that can give you confidence once identified and clarified that message and that story if communicated correctly can inspire people. It could change someone's life. If you're speaking to a, Here's one of the things a lot of people, clients, potentially come up to me and say, um, you know, my goal is to get 5,000 or 10,000 downloads per episode. Okay, (laughs) Um, fine. But do you know what the average is for, you know, downloads for a podcast? The average? No, I have no idea. So why are you coming up with this arbitrary number that, you know, you don't have a gauge, like what the norm is? 200 to 250 downloads per episode is a success very successful so a lot of businesses that i talk to they're like what well, uh, that doesn't seem like a lot if i gave you the microphone and introduced you on stage to 250 people in the room that's a win so to go back to your question about um what people can do to gain confidence well finding your story and understanding and knowing the truth and authenticity behind your story and that someone out there, that one person in the 250 people in the room found inspiration through your story and you helped that one person, that can give you confidence. That's a great first step. Go in, managing our expectations. I need to reach one person per episode. That makes a difference. And it goes right behind my mantra and my mission in life, Ed, which is to make the world a better place one microphone at a time. And if everyone can understand the power behind that, nothing can stop you. You continue going. And that's the next tip that I can give is once you start, don't stop. Be consistent because consistency breeds habits. And habits creates rituals and growth and learning, connections, all sorts of wonderful things happen if you continue doing it
1: that is so awesome and that's award-winning right there that's great advice finding the confidence it is not easy but once you have practice it gets easier that's for sure Mm -hmm.